A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent, hedonistic fantasies. Is this 80s-based psychological thriller really one of the best of all time, or did Christian Bale somehow successfully seduce us with his killer looks and impeccable morning routine? I guess we'll find out on Chamber of Chills' number 46 best horror films of all time, American Psycho. New card. What do you think? Oh, very nice. I don't think I can control myself. If you stay, something bad will happen. I feel lethal, on the verge of frenzy. I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. You're inhuman. I know my uh, behavior can be erratic sometimes. Hey, Paul! What do you do? I'm into, uh, well, murders and executions mostly. I have all the characteristics of a human being, but not a single clear identifiable emotion. I simply am not there. <gasps> Just have <laughs> to kill a lot of people! <laughs> Welcome to Chamber of Chills. I'm Adam Ragsdale. And I'm Cameron Long. And today we're dissecting American Psycho 2000. <laughs> um, like I just said, came out in year 2000. Genres, horror, and thriller. Its rating was R, but it almost got rated NC-17. Had to cut a few things. Whoa. Um, which makes sense after you've seen the movie, because <laughs> it's like borderline <laughs> NC-17. It was directed by Mary Heron. This is our first solo female director we've had on Chamber of Chills. What do you think about that, Ma- Mary? She's not in the room. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Are you with us right now? She's like 90 years old. Yeah, she's, Are you her serious? spirit's in the room. <laughs> she's 90? No, I'm, uh, she oh. looks old. Maybe okay, she's fair, 90. Fair. I'm saying she was like this old. Okay, continue. Yeah, I'm so sorry. sorry. Uh, she directed nothing I've seen other than this film, <laughs> but... Uh, if you've seen The Notorious Betty Page in 2005. Love that movie. Really? No. Oh, I was like, you've seen that? <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Um, she directed I Shot Andy Warhol in 1996. Same, dude. <laughs> and then she directed uh, Alias Grace, Alias Grace TV series in 2017. She seems to be hmm. doing more TV now. Interesting. Yeah. Well, she still does films, but... Again, she's like 90 years old, so I'm I'm (laughs) I'm surprised by that. Don't hate me, Mary, if you ever listen to this in 20 years when (laughs) you're probably gone. (laughs) It was written by Brett Easton Ellis, who is the author of the book that this movie... He also wrote the movie? He was a writer for the screenplay. Um, Yes, this this movie was based on his his book. And then it was also co-written by Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner. And Guinevere was somebody that Brett brought in to help Mary kind of execute the vision. Interesting. It had been actually picked up by a lot of other writers. I'm pretty sure um, other directors wanted to run with it that got, you know, let go of it and stuff like that. So uh, just because Ellis was really he was pretty particular about like the vision that he wanted to execute. And he thought that. that Mary was like one of the only ones who really understood what he was trying to do. I wonder why he felt that way. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't really know. Mm. Um, but interesting nonetheless. 
StarCast members, Christian Bale, 25 oh. years old in this film. Wait, what? He's 25 when He's this my film age? is shot. Wow, that makes me feel like I know. I'm <laughs> a weak man. I was like, I'm if ashamed. What a 25 year old looks like. I'm then. thinking he's like 32. Like, just yeah. has his. Uh, no, he's 25. And um, oh. I was like, I'm ashamed that I'm a year older. And that really he looks like that. That hurts me a I little bit. I hope Marin never sees what he looks <laughs> yeah, like. Our wives are not allowed to watch no. this movie. Um, Josh Lucas is also in this film. I really like him. Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto, Willem Dafoe. This is probably the biggest stacked cast. Dude, yeah. We've done so far. There are some uh, heavy hitters in this one for sure. Yeah, which we'll get into later, but Christian Bale's character, Patrick Bateman, takes up way more of the screen time than any of the other characters Yeah, for do. sure. Um, Academy Awards. It didn't get any Academy Awards, but it had several nominations and winnings in other global film festivals, uh, including winning the best movie at the International Horror Guild in 2001. Okay. So respectable ratings it received IMDb is a 7.6 out of 10 and that's 676,000 ratings Rotten Tomatoes is 68% and Letterboxd is 3.9, which is actually the highest so far. I think the highest we've had before this was 3.4. Oh shoot. Which one was that? Was that cabin? I think cabins. Yeah. Okay. Financials. The budget that it had was $7 million, which today that's 12.5 million. The global box office it brought in was thirty-four million, and that's today. Today, that's sixty point six million. So they considered it a, a box office success. Okay. The filming, I couldn't figure out, like, couldn't find how long it took to film. Yeah, I had trouble with our last one, Good Night, Mommy. It's yeah, sometimes hard to find. That. I know. So uh, I did see that principal photography began in February of nineteen ninety-nine in Toronto, in New York City, and then it premiered at Sundance on January 21st, the following year. Hmm. Okay. So I'm assuming probably a couple months. Yeah, somewhere in there. And then, yeah, you had post-production that probably lasted till like October, November, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that so, makes sense. But premiered at Sundance, so that's kind of cool. Um, so that's everything with film details. I'm about to MC hammer it into that breakdown bar. We're going to go <laughs> belly flop into the breakdown bar. I'm doing bar. the worm so hard right now. Oh, Breakdown so ballroom. Our favorite scenes. Mm-mm-mm. You gonna kick us off? Yeah, um, I have a lot. I do too. Actually, I'm glad yeah. you say that because I was nervous typing this out. Yeah. So for you guys listening at home, <laughs> this is the first movie Adam and I did not get to watch together. Sad day. Sad day because Adam was out of town for. Work. I was in Tokyo. He on was a in Tokyo trip. fighting Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, we didn't get to watch this one together, so we truly don't really know each other's thoughts. Yeah. Um, like at all. So this will be interesting. But I also have a lot. So Yeah, me too. Um, I loved the opening scene, which Dude. we keep saying I know, we're always over like, and over. Yeah. But these films, the that's last why they're in our top fifty openings. Yeah. yeah it's a big because, deal. Because I mean, you have this like white background and then there's like the drops of blood. Yeah. And they're synchronized with music. And that music just slowly builds from a few notes to like this full song. Mm -hmm. And then you see like a man's arm holding a knife and then some raspberries start to fall and you're like, wait, what's going on? And then boom, you're in this fancy restaurant and that's where the film begins. And I just thought that was like a really cool way to open the film. Yeah. No, I I really liked. Which quick little tangent. Oh, yeah. Have you ever like thought about how fine dining has changed in film? Like in this movie, this like super expensive restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it's like the colors are like this pastel. It's like bright yeah. and airy. And like now I feel like fine dining is always shown as like kind of modern, dark, like dimly lit. Like the menu. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a thought I had. Because that like opening up there, I was like, that restaurant looks like it would have like half a star on Yelp. Totally. But hey, I think Ratatouille is peak fine dining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Remy would not approve of that place. No. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I put his morning routine, just mm. all of that, his inner dialogue. I mean, yes, that was just awesome. I mean, you right off the bat are like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely a serial killer. Uh, yeah. But he, I mean, he's a good looking dude. He's got his crunches in whenever he's like, yeah, I can do a thousand now. You're yeah, just like, I can this do guy a thousand now. Insanely pretentious, but yes. he just is like locked in to yes. life. I really I actually, like that. I said the exact same for my next one because like you kind of just get to feel out what character we're dealing with here. Yeah. And he's just like all about the look. He has 50 million skincare products. Oh my gosh. Like you said, he's doing a thousand sit-ups in his living room. And at the end, the narration where he's slowly removing that face mask and he mentions that he's not a normal person, but he refers to himself as like an entity. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this guy is messed up. Like, yeah. he's he's not okay in the head. Just right off the bat. You're it's like, a great right. scene. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, him walking with music, like, mm-hmm. which we'll dissect music later, but big part of the film. We're talking about like him walking into the office. Yeah, yeah, just wearing the headphones, which I know has become a meme, I which know. is so funny. Uh, he's listening but, to like, I think it's Walking on Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. kind of awesome for his character. So sick. I love the 80s club. Oh. I mean, dude, just, we talked about this. Yes. Uh, and, oh, fr- it was Fright Night. Maybe it was after we watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're like. A good 80s just a dance good club. good 80s dance. Yeah, it'll get you. Oh, man. I'm a sucker. Very good. And like also him yelling at the bartender. Yes. Because she turns what is, around. What does she say to him? Um, she, because she doesn't accept his tickets and. Oh, she's that's like, what it pay. was. Yeah, this is cash only. Love that. Card comparison scene. Oh, so good. So fun. And Again. I, the fact that it's brought up several times throughout the I film. I know. It's just such a funny, like, ongoing thing. Like, because this movie does focus so much on capitalism and the like, satire, your the impression American dream. on people. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk so much more about that later. Yeah. But it is just hilarious that you have these guys who are now like middle school boys comparing notes <laughs> on, like, or not comparing, they're like pissed. Like they'll pull out a business card. Yeah. If you haven't seen it. And it's like, it's like mint condition. It's made of blah, blah, blah paper. And then this other guy's like, oh yeah, check this out. And then it's like made of bone or something weird. And they're just like getting pissed that the other people are like one upping their business cards. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How did nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. The like equivalent to like in middle school, you're like comparing like the best. I, this sounds stupid, but like the best mechanical pencils. You know oh, what I mean? Like yeah, you're yeah, like, exactly. oh man, you're bougie because you're yeah, a really know, nice mechanical real. pencil. But then like, in, of course, in high school, you're comparing, you know, like yeah. the kind of cars that you could get. And then of course, like yeah. here you're comparing business cards. It's so I know. funny. It's I like thought that was a great scene. 
Totally agree. I loved the uh, laundromat scene, which I will talk more about later. But Christian Bale's performance here mm. is so good. I totally agree. Because he just feels so unhinged and stressed about his sheets, which, mind you, it's his fault they're stained because he clearly murdered somebody. Yes. He says it's like cranberry juice or something. But you really just feel like his anger is like an entity in and of itself here. Because yeah. it's just... It's so intense. Crazy! You're a fool! I can't cope with the stupid bitchy! Understand? Patrick? Hi, Patrick. I thought that was you. Hello. This is... Isn't it ridiculous coming all the way up here? But they really are the best. Then why can't they get these stains out? I mean, can you talk to these people or something? I'm not getting anywhere. Oh, what are those? Oh, well, it's cranberry juice, cran apple. Really? And then the subtlety of like he's obviously trying to hide this side of himself yes. from his circle. And the girl walks in that he knows. And yeah. she's like, Oh yeah, I go to this place because it's across town and blah blah blah. And you just realize like, yeah. oh, like he goes out of his way to make sure nobody he sees. Yeah. You know? So like it's just I thought it was a really great scene. I yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I agree. Uh I put if you want to introduce an evil character. Have the first scene be him killing a homeless man and his dog. Oh, dear Lord. My gosh. That was rough. And like even the dialogue. Yeah. Because he's like, you think he's, well, you don't ever really think he's going to actually help this guy. Yeah. But he pulls out like his wallet or something and he starts talking to a woman. He's like, get a job. Yeah. And he's like, you know how like much you stink? Like you are so pathetic and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dude, yeah. leave this guy alone. I, I think that's one of the most hardcore scenes of the whole film. It is so sad. And then he, yeah, he stabs the guy to death and then stomps Kills. on his dog. Yes. Bro, yeah, that was rough. Just right off the bat, you're like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one to watch for sure. You just feel like this guy's so evil. Oh my <laughs> gosh. terrible. Yeah. Um, I said that I really enjoyed the whole scene with Jared Leto's character, Paul Allen. Because Which scene? Well, I was going to say it's hard because I love that entire segment. Yeah. I love that he went out of his way to ask him to go to dinner at some dingy place that nobody goes to because he doesn't want anybody to see them together. Yeah. And takes him back. And I love too, which I'll mention this later too, but he gets Paul Allen really drunk on these martinis mm -hmm. and he just straight up says, I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? <laughs> and you're like, this guy is so ballsy. <laughs> but then he takes Paul Allen back to his apartment. Yeah. You see the newspaper on the floor and uh, you're like, okay, here's, he's going to kill him. Here's where it's going down. And he just like, it's clockwork just puts just on a raincoat, and, yeah. turns on Huey Lewis in the news and crazy hacks away with an ax. That's literally what I put next. Uh, him smoking a cigar while covered in blood oh, yeah. after killing Paul Allen. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty too cool. Um, the scene where he almost shoots Gene in the head. Oh, with yeah. The, with the nail, nail gun. gun. Mm -hmm. Which I know that there's a uh, film mishap with that that yeah. we'll talk about. But I thought that was pretty crazy because it's like that's his like secretary. <laughs> like, yes. That's just, like. You know. He's just, yeah, nobody's safe. Ugh. Like, if he just gets that urge, which he mentions in that scene, he's like, I think you should go because I don't know if I can control myself. I know. And, like, he gets, like, he has these ticks where it'll set him off if you're, like... Yes, dude. It, like, is intense because you just never know when he's going to just lose his mind. Yeah, totally. I'm kind of jumping a little bit. Yeah. But I said when he brings the hooker back to his apartment for the second time... Mm. And they're like under the sheets and whatever. And she sneaks out. She's scared of him. She kind of crawls out from under the blankets 
and then you see him starting to kill the other girl Mm -hmm. and he realizes girl number one is gone so he looks up and sees her standing there and she just takes off and his face is covered in blood yes that whole chase scene is so good because you see like her running the the girl's running through the apartment and she's trying to get out and she'll like open a door and there's two bodies hanging in a closet and then another room it says like die yuppie scum on the walls and like it's so it it honestly kind of reminded me of like old horror like it had like a very vintage horror flair to it Mm -hmm. which i really appreciated and her like her screams too were very effective here so i just thought that whole chase scene was pretty like intense yeah it's not perfect which i'll talk about later because there's something at the end that i of that chase scene but i'll talk about that later i put that to the horror house is what I called it. It's like the realization mm. that, oh, this guy is like, yeah, he's not only bad, like he is like just sick and twisted. Yes. He's um, just and a serial killer. <laughs> picking people off one yeah. by one. And then of course that leading to the chainsaw stairwell Oh my thing. gosh, yeah. Yeah. Where he's, <laughs> Which is like an iconic <laughs> thing butt now. Naked but naked yeah, running he's through. Whitey Tidy is running around with a chainsaw covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Which earlier, whenever he's working out, Chainsaw Massacre is playing on the TV. I know. There were actually so a, like, a few references, I feel like, to yeah. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the killing spree at the end, where he just oh has a gun gosh. and he's just killing everyone. <laughs> Dude, like anyone who sees him, yes. he's like paranoid that like they're going to report this to the police. So he, he just, just kills of everyone. Yeah, everyone. From everyone an old lady across. to like a cop just sitting at a desk to yeah. like anybody blowing up cop cars. And it starts so innocent well not innocent but like so yeah this oh, it starts which, with the, him needing to feed the cat and we'll talk the about that yeah. two more later but it says feed me the cat and this old lady sees him like about to shoot this cat so she's like what are you doing he turns around shoots her yeah then all of a sudden the cops are after him he's killing police officers he's killing janitors at this hotel it's like just a complete Wild. murder spree yeah i said his personal calendar book being discovered by gene mm. Yeah, that was a good discovery. Uh, I liked that. And then the shot of his eyes being the final shot. Yeah. The close-up. I like that too. um, Concept. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I love the commentary of the shallow and vicious aspects of capitalism. Yeah. Um, And this is just clear in the way that all the characters really only care about themselves, material gain. Yes. Superficial appearances. And everyone is on the surface. Like nobody is deeper than just like the bare minimum. Yeah. And all that matters in this world is like we said, who has the nicest business card or where did that guy buy his suit? And so that was just like a really fun parallel for horror. I feel like to have like those notes. Yeah. But um, I think the concept of just having this, like this businessman who like you would, cross on the street and just think like, wow, he's like got it all. He's super successful, but he's behind the mask. Just this crazy person. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really fun. And I, I also agree. love it being set in New York. I agree. I think it's a clever satirically, you know, based horror film emphasizing social privilege and power and in like overtly evil and demeaning way. Like yeah. I just, which is exactly what you're saying. Like, it's just, it was really interesting to see such a like evil horror yeah. view in this like space of like the you know nine to five office yes. space at Wall Street you know type atmosphere. Yeah. So I agree. I thought it was super cool. Director's touch. 
I, I think the fact that it was directed by a woman makes me feel a little better about the over-dramatization of Bateman's privilege and sex appeal. I completely agree. It was very much like, look at everything wrong with the American dream without yes. morals. And having Heron execute that vision was a great call, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it would have been way more uncomfortable if it was like a, a male director. I completely agree, actually. And what's interesting about this is I think it was kind of ballsy, honestly, for her Super to make this ballsy. film, especially in 2000, because I read later that like a lot of men hated this movie when mm. it came out because they claimed that it was just a film hating on men. Yeah. And like Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, though, like this isn't, you know, 2023 where Barbie's out making over a billion. This is 2000 where... I mean, there were still a lot of cases of, yeah. well, and there still are cases of sexism, you know, here and there. Right. But I think for it being 2000 and her, like, because they do make, like, white men in New York look like complete douchebags. Totally. So I think it's kind of ballsy, and I, I kind of respect it. I agree. And one thing that Ellis even said, who, the author of the book, he thought that the book was potentially unfilmable. Whoa. So he didn't think, he just thought that it's quite a it feat then. Could have potentially just never been picked up because I mean, it is very graphic and yeah, it's for very sure. demeaning. Um, mm. But also, yeah, it attacks like yes. a pretty, especially in the 2000s, like mm-hmm. targeted demographic. And that's the thing though. I, I don't know if I agree that it's just a movie hating on men because I've seen those movies. I've seen the movies where it does feel like, okay, like this is just a men bashing movie. Yeah. But I think this was honestly just them addressing through a serial killer, like the book, the dangers of greed, capitalism, and like yeah. self-indulgence. And there are, you know, douchebags like that that exist yeah, in for Wall sure. Street. Like, for sure. For so, like, sure. I think it's the people who are going to be offended about it. Yeah, are the, are people, the people in this movie. <laughs> it is describing. Same yeah. with the people offended about Barbie. Yeah, Come for on. sure. I just thought she also did really well balancing the interestingly undefined line between American capitalistic satire and sick and twisted fantasies. Yes, which for is sure. just and it's also enjoyable to watch. Like it's just a fun parallel to like yeah. follow because you get both sides of it. You see this crazy serial killer, but you also see him like on his day to day life just being a complete douche to everybody. Yeah, and it just makes for a really interesting plot. I agree. For acting, mm. dude top tier christian bale so good plays an incredible psychopath so good i think everything about him playing patrick bateman works like he delivers his lines so well yeah you know whether he's calm and collected or like a complete douche he's just (laughs) so effective here he carried the film but it's obvious that that is the intention of bateman's character to carry the film for sure i mean it's pretty much from his perspective it's mm-hmm. not you know first person but it's third person focused only on what he's seeing yes definitely it's like his world that yes. we're kind of just watching yeah and i just think i forgot how good his performance was honestly because <laughs> i didn't it's we talked about this in our last episode but watching horror films now through this lens of we're analyzing and we're criticizing and we're just jotting down our notes I'm just much more, I guess, I'm paying more attention to that kind of thing. And his performance, I just feel like in every scene, I was just like glued to it because it was just so fun to watch. Yeah, he was, 
very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, especially whenever he's like freaking out. Like you brought up the laundromat. Like I think yes. that scene watching him was just like really entertaining. Yeah. I love Reese Witherspoon. And I mm. wish that she was a bigger part in the I film. Know. That's and I have more to say about that too. But I mean, all of the cast was super great, but yep. no one's role even got close to the screen time of Bales. Like no, I said, not so, even close. I mean, you had a stacked cast. Like I mean, Willem Dafoe's on your cast list. Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, Jared Leto, and Reese they're barely in the film. Yep. But which is it's always fun when movies like do that sometimes. Like it's almost like Drew Barrymore in Scream. It's like yeah. let's throw this star in here for, and it's like, do you not know who you have? Like you have like. Willem Dafoe on your cast and you're, he's barely utilized, but it's kind of, you know, it's ballsy. Yeah. For screenplay, there were a few lines that I thought were a bit overdramatic, but I also mm. understand that it was the intention uh, for Bateman's fantastical world yes. and the satire, but also like I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think for people who maybe don't understand the mission that this movie is on, you would see certain parts and think like, ah, that was kind of dumb. He's over the top or yeah, cheesy. But that's, that's the point. And they talked about that after in like the commentary on the film. It's That was very much a point they were trying to make. And so I honestly think the screenplay is great. I, I even wrote down like certain lines that I thought just had to be addressed because they're so good to mm-hmm. me. But like I already mentioned the I like to dissect girls. Yeah. I'm utterly insane. I love this. Like Again, this movie has a lot of like running jokes so there's like that restaurant i forgot what it's called dorcia or something yeah. that that's an ongoing joke there's just <laughs> like, he's like nobody like that. Eats there anymore yeah exactly because <laughs> he, he can't get, get a reservation, reservation. Yeah. but like him saying a couple times i have to return some videotapes yes when he has to leave like that's just his go-to yeah and then it's so quotable saying murders and execute executions yes. instead of mergers and acquisitions and the girl like, thinks he says mergers i and know acquisitions. it's just so good and then and I'll, I'll get off this. I just thought some of these lines were so good. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your face out and makes you look older. Then moisturizer. Then an anti-aging eye balm followed by a final moisturizing protective lotion. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Some kind of abstraction. But there is no real me. Only an entity something illusory and though i can hide my cold gaze and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable i simply am not there wow yeah what a great way to describe yourself that this is based on a book like that is an author that's not a screenwriter for sure and not to say that screenwriters can't write like that you know what i mean but it's just like very uncommon for somebody who's not an author to write like that well and i'm pretty sure like a lot of those lines were taken directly from the book totally so that totally makes sense because i think it just sounds like poetry it's so good i think that the ev- the writing of Evelyn could have been fleshed out more and added more to the overall impact. Yeah, which goes hand in hand with Reese Witherspoon's screen time, but yeah, less about her screen time and more about the actual character. Yeah, for sure. Um, because she's just kind of there. Yeah, sometimes. And I, yeah, know. and I have some change chamber ideas yeah. on that. But what do you think about the score? No, I love the music yeah. and the soundtrack. I think that oh, it the was soundtrack's just, crazy. Honestly, anything that executes 80s music in a film is going to appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But to make music such an important part of Bateman's character and part of the film was just like 
yeah. wonderful. Like yes. I loved the the stark contrast between orchestral and piano music, then going to Bateman's love for his like upbeat 80s music yes. where he's like dancing before he's about to kill Paul yeah. Allen. And like you're like, this is just awesome. Yes. If you end up at Patrick Bateman's house and he turns get on out. a CD, <laughs> starts telling you about it, get the get crap out, out of there, there. dude. He's yes. about to hack you up. Oh, man. Or that if you hear piano fun. music and he's taking off his face mask, just get out of his way. Yeah. Honestly, just never get close to this man. There's a storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the music here was really good, especially the soundtrack. It's oh, just really fun. It is so fun. Cinematography. Mm. Nothing incredibly artsy. Like, we just went from yeah. Goodnight Mommy to this. Uh, yeah. But it was executed very wonderfully and efficiently. Yeah, it got the job done for sure. And I saw a lot of people praising, like, set designers and architects who, you know, not really cinematography, but kind of. Um, who constructed Bateman's apartment because they have like all the black and whites mm. with the very little color and this just makes it easy for us to really pull ourselves into Bateman's reality. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. But in terms yeah. of like the actual cinematography, it's nothing special, but it gets I, the job done. I do love the the zoom in to the extreme close-up of Bale's eyes. I already mentioned that. But at the very end, the last shot being his eyes looking directly at the camera. I just like stuff like that. Yeah. For sure. Which that was probably the most like artsy shot of the film. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but it worked. Overall impact. So <laughs> the ending is obviously very controversial. Yes. I think that's one of the lasting legacies that this film will leave because people interpret it in different ways. And, you know, some people say it was all in his head. Yeah. And some people say, you know, it's half in his head, half of it actually happened. And yeah, all I'd say, I just think, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's so fun when a film is polarizing and it gets people talking and arguing. Like if I can Google, what does this movie mean? I love that you can just like pull up articles where they like dissect yeah. things and try to like- and people are like, no, it means this. Yes, you know? build their case. So I think that's kind of the impact this film had. I know it has a cult following now. And that's and, that's the beauty of film in general. Like for I think sure. we've already talked about this before, but like just the ability for that to, to spark this in-depth conversation about yeah. storytelling and like characters and like metaphorical, you know, aspects of different films is so fun. Yeah, for sure. Um I honestly think it's just short of a truly great film. Yeah. Um, it's brutal, graphic, and has a pretty chaotic twist that I really enjoyed. Uh, I mean, the film is wonderful, but there are a few things that push it to be in our 40s and not in our 20s. Yes. You know what I mean? And so like, but since we're kind of pinpointing things that we really like right now, the costume design, makeup, and really just overall aesthetic of the film is chef's kiss. Yes. I love the aesthetic of the film. Very good. Uh, and then... Bale's performance is impeccable, highly quotable, and terribly seductive. And I put, this might be a hot take, but maybe not. Uh, it has to be the best looking dude I've ever seen in any film. <laughs> dude, He it's right up there with Brad Pitt dude, and Troy, man. He's a freaking stud. <laughs> like, his, it's like the clothes he wears. I was like, I want to dress like that every day of my life. He's the epitome of Megan Fox in the first Transformers. But... <laughs> But uh, I completely agree, Bears dude. He's a freaking me. stud. I was like, maybe I need to start doing a thousand sit-ups a day. Yeah, that would whip us into shape. Yeah, that'll get it. <laughs> maybe I should 
spend two hours a day doing skincare skincare routine. routines. Ugh, do yeah. you think? What, I mean, who do you think would be the best looking dude in any film? I would say because we actually talked about this like last week. We were talking about like okay, me and my wife. We were talking about if you could look like anybody of like the same sex, who would you look like? Okay. And so for me, I've always said Henry Cavill, Superman. Okay. I just feel like that's a, if I, I he would, is Superman. I would sell my, like all of my organs <laughs> to just look like him for a day, you know? So I think I, that's my vote personally, but. Hey, love yourself. And you that's it for today. <laughs> that's, that was our goal to get to that. So no. you'd say Christian Bale in this dude, one? Dude, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm like rarely like, man, that's a good looking dude, you dude, know, like, yeah. and in this film is like, I don't want Marin even to the see hair. This. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see? I guess when because he films a shower scene in this movie. I guess like the women on set they gathered to like watch him film oh that scene. Gosh. And I was like, wow, makes sense. And though. he's twenty five, dude. I want to be you, Christian Bale. Oh, Christian. Oh, Christian. Fact for us. Hmm. All right, breeze. We've got <laughs> just the word breeze. Breeze. Um, so these are any random fun facts we have about the film. Mm-hmm. So did you know, mm. looking for a way to create the character of Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale stumbled onto a Tom Cruise appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman. According to co-writer and director Mary Heron, Bale saw in Cruise this very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes. And Bale subsequently based the character of Bateman on that. Which I've heard that fact before. Yeah. But I remember hearing really, that, but it's so wild. Especially after watching the movie and like just how terrible of a person he is. It's interesting. He got inspiration from just another random celebrity. I would venture to say him and Tom are not very close friends. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Tom may not appreciate that comment. I was going to say, if I'm Tom and I go watch this film, I'm like, like dude, what the hell? This is, was inspired by me? <laughs> yeah, like, what the heck is that about? Yeah, that's Yeah, I completely rough. agree. Um, Patrick Bateman was almost played by Leonardo DiCaprio instead of Christian Bale. Ugh. In fact, the studios almost defunded the film due to Mary Heron insisting that Bale play the character because they wanted some of these other A-list actors to play the role, which is really interesting. I'm sure Leo would have taken it in his own direction. Yeah. It is really hard to picture anyone other than Christian Bale. I know. Bale. It, it would have been a completely different film with Leo. Yes. Which younger Leo, you know, he would have stud. done really well. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud, yeah, for sure. But, like, I don't know. Like Christian, Christian Bale, Bale's just more intimidating. Like, yes. Even his voice and the way he looks, he pulls off that Wall Street, scum of the earth kind of guy. Yeah. It just, I don't know, it's hard to picture anything else. And what's interesting, though, is obviously Leo at the time was, like, I mean, he was prime real estate. Yeah. Christian Bale had only really been supporting actors and things and whatever. And this one, from what I understand, kind of broke him out into like lead role territory. Yeah. So I get the studio's concerns, but this was such a good move by Mary Heron to stick with him on that. I agree. And I I also saw that Ed Norton was on the table. Potentially. Really? Not as much as Leo, but... Uh-huh. That his name was in talks, and I'm like, no. Yeah. He does not have the look for this film. It's not nearly. He's, I can't pinpoint it, but yeah, it just would not have worked as well. Um, So Christian Bale went and visited the different people on the trading floors of Wall Street to prepare for this role, which I think is kind of interesting. Interesting. Because I just saw a clip of Robert Downey Jr. doing the same thing from like the 90s. And he, Robert Downey Jr. was talking about how like if there's hell on earth, it's that place. Yeah, I remember him seeing that video. Yeah, and Christian Bale though, he talked to a lot of the guys there 
and they were like, oh my gosh, Christian Bale, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we love you. And he was like, you're about to hate me yeah. because of the role I'm playing. <laughs> so I'm pretty much making fun of you guys. Yeah. Um, which speaking of, afterwards, Christian Bale, he did receive death threats for his role as Patrick Bateman from people really? pissed off about his portrayal and making fun of, you know, you're going to send a death guys. threat to a serial killer? Oh, true. <laughs> which I guess, which if I was as buff as Christian Bale, then maybe I'd feel this way too. But I guess his friends were telling him like, yeah, somebody like knows like the w- walk you take every day and they're going to like jump you basically. And he went anyways to like confront them and he was, nobody was there. And he was like, oh, you're not so tough, like <laughs> tough now. And I was like, dude, there's no way if somebody was talking dude. about jumping me. I'm avoiding that place what at all costs. I have even more respect, and I didn't think I could just get face more it head on. Man. Um, I already said this vast majority of the dialogue in the movie, taken word, from, word for word from the book, which is pretty cool. Um, Christian Bale was warned by many that it would be career suicide for him to play this lead in a film like this. Hmm. Um, but this actually only made him more eager to take the part, which I respect. But fortunately for him, the opposite turned out to be true. Bale's role in this movie was considered a breakthrough performance and enabled him to shift his career from supporting roles to leading man status in the decades to come. Mm. Which, as we know, he would later become Five years later, he did Batman. Which is, yeah, one of his probably most... Was Chris Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Gosh, I didn't... Yeah, I guess that's so soon. What determination. Yeah, for real. To take that head on. Um, during his big chainsaw scene, Christian Bale would happily hang out between takes wearing nothing but a sock over his penis and some tennis shoes. Oh. Yeah. Which I was confused. I don't know why this is such a fun fact. It's just like what I wear to Walmart, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. That's what what you wear. (laughs) Could you just tell me like why that's such a fun fact? That's not uncommon. That's what I'm wearing right now. So I'm just confused. (laughs) Um... For Willem Dafoe's scenes, Mary Heron instructed him to play each one in three different styles. One, as if he is suspicious of Patrick Bateman. Mm. And then two, as if he has no clue as to Bateman's guilt. And three, as if he is undecided. So he played the same scene in different ways, which is... And then it was spliced together. Super weird. Yeah, and super like interesting. So it totally throws yeah. the audience off on... Yeah, man, that's... That's wild. That's a really great director's Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. That's just really interesting because I feel like you don't hear about that normally. It's Mm. just a lot of like creative freedom. Because there is that scene where he pulls out that Huey Lewis in the news tape and he's like, do you like them? And Patrick Bateman's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, oh my gosh, thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And that wraps it up for Did You Know? Brought to you by Cameron Long, LLC. (laughs) Trademarked. (laughs) Great BTS with the song. The Tom Cruise fact is my favorite of those. That's wild. Because it's just, I feel like today too, if that happened, like say that were true and this Mm. movie came out today, which we can talk about more later, but that movie came out today and Christian Bale had said that, like I feel like the internet would blow up. Yeah. But like because it was more chill and relaxed, I don't know. There was no Twitter in 2000. Yeah, I feel like if even if that were true, even if he did base his character off Tom Cruise, he wouldn't have ever said it out loud. Maybe he would have. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't care. Um, film mishaps. I wrote down a few, but I'm sure okay. you had some. Yeah, I, I had a few. When Patrick drags Alan's body along, blood spoils from the bag. But when they're when he's outside, there's no blood anywhere. And mm-hmm. I actually thought about that while I did too. watching it. Yeah, yeah I, I was caught like, that. where's the blood? And I was like, maybe that was 
some sort of alluding to oh it's not really yes. happening like that, that's, the that's first why time. the blood disappears yes but i didn't know if that was a continuity error or if that was intentional i thought the exact same thing that's something i noticed in the film but i know there is that you know push and pull on is this movie real or is it all in his head and so i was like well maybe that was like in his head but yeah i don't know um i wrote when patrick bateman is like working out to the texas chainsaw massacre which I only know this. Well, I thought of this at the time, and then I read this as well. But the screams of Sally at the end of the movie in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're inconsistent with the original film. So the film's mm. playing during a scene, and you see, like, you hear her screaming, but she's not screaming in that scene in the actual movie. So they just kind of dubbed her screams over that part. Interesting. The only reason I know that is because I just watched the ending of it again, just. Because I've been playing the game and I was like, I'm just going to rewatch the ending again. But I was like, hey, she doesn't scream there. Yeah. Sure enough. That is interesting. Noted that as well. Uh, Tiny little note, nitpick. Acquisitions is spelled incorrectly. I saw that. With no C. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, On all of the the business cards. So that person, the prop person, (laughs) man, that's uh, they uh, They messed up a little bit. Um, I wrote Batman's Batman. Wow. <laughs> From Bateman to Batman. Bateman. <laughs> Bateman. Oh my gosh. So Bateman's bullet <laughs> clearly hits the police car at the trunk in the rear when it blows up. There's nothing flammable in a car there in the first place, but a pistol bullet also would not blow up the car even if it hits the gas tank. Right. Which I feel like this needs an asterisk because we can talk about this later because some people say that part isn't real. Like mm-hmm. you imagine that. But if it was real, that's so unrealistic. Yes. So I was thinking it was not real. Um, that, that is what I lean towards imagination as well. Taking off, which that can be a fun little game we play later. Like, what, yeah. what do you think happened? What's what real, we'll what have then? to debate that a little bit. But yeah, I might have a hot take on that actually. Mm. Um, when Bateman hits Paul Allen with the axe for the first time, the blood sprays on him before he actually hits him. Also, the blood comes from a different angle than where Alan's head is supposed to be. Oh, I did not even catch that. So I didn't really catch it either. I just found it. So um, hmm. I can't, you know, take credit yeah. for that. But still, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I want to go back and see that now, now that we know that. Bateman couldn't have killed Jane with the nail gun because the yep. model of nail gun must be plugged. That model of nail gun must be plugged into an air compressor for the nails to be fired. If he had pulled the trigger the way he was holding it, it wouldn't, nothing would have happened. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. But again, I mean, asterisk, mm-hmm. it wasn't, could have been his entire imagination. Which again, these movies will get you because they make them hard know. to critique because you're like, what was real? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so, and again, it's not necessarily, like we talked in the last film, like sometimes that can be a cop out. Yes. In this film, I don't think it was used to be a cop out. I don't think that was, you know. Yes. It just blurs it the just lines of reality. It just makes it really hard to yeah. Yeah, critique. That's all I had. Change chamber. Cool. On our way. Let's do it. Changes. Oh, is there anything we would change about the film? I have like two big ones. Really? Yes. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Okay. I have, I think, two or three. Okay. Give Evelyn's role a bigger part. Mm. make her more of a real relationship with Bateman and let their breakup be a bigger part of the climax slash him finding out the truth. Yes. Her character didn't add much, but had so much potential to yes. add. 
that may have taken away from the satire, but mm-hmm. to go back to the comedy plus horror debate, comedy most always turns into a turns the film into a different type of film than a movie like The Exorcist. Yes, completely so, agree. And that might have been their goal, but again, it's not going to be as horror esque. Yeah, without those really dramatic elements, and she could have been a big dramatic element, and she wasn't. Yeah, I actually wrote that too because I feel like when you have Reese Witherspoon in a movie. Especially at this time, like this was kind of like when she was like doing really well for herself. She's not utilized very much in this movie at all. Like you said, her character doesn't bring a lot to the table. She's just kind of like his solidified girlfriend. But he, I mean, obviously hooks up and messes around with other girls. Yeah. And she messes around with other guys. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a, she's just kind of there to be there. Well, isn't she his fiance? Oh, are they engaged? I think he said my fiance. Oh gosh, that's even worse. Well, but maybe, but I don't understand that because I'm pretty certain that he said that. Uh-huh. But she was like, "Let's get married." True, and he was like turned off to that. So True. I don't. Yeah, stop confusing us with these things. Guys. I know <laughs> she's she's also like it's just so random. Like because she's not utilized when she comes back on screen, you're like, "Oh yeah, you're I in forgot this movie. she's in this film." Yeah, and you're awesome. Why are you oh, not being Reese. used? Yeah, oh, Reese. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like she could have been used a little bit more. Yeah, and she's a great actress. I mean, yes. So my big one, which this is so hard for me. I was literally at my table today writing these notes out and I was just like racking my brain on like, how do I word this? (laughs) It's they've given us a very difficult job here because that's why they're paying us the big bucks. That is why we get paid so much money. (laughs) But... (laughs) We paid to do this, guys. I don't know if I would have executed it in the same way. But I say that still appreciating what happens in the film. I entirely agree. I'm so like torn by it because by the ending, you're like, ugh. And like you mentioned earlier, there's that magic little pixie dust. There's something missing. Yeah. And it's separating this film from a good film to a great film. Yeah. And I still think it, it's a really good film, but there's something there in the execution that's just, I don't know. And it's, it's not that I want all the answers because that just makes it super simple. And mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, how vague they can be. But at the same time, I don't know. It just feels, it makes you just confused and a little like, it makes you feel vague a little bit. Yeah, there's like there's a balance between giving the audience enough to work with yes. and not giving them too much that there's conversation. And this leaned way too much into the giving the audience something to work with because yes. they were like, "We're not gonna, we're gonna leave everything up for interpretation." Yes. And I don't like when I completely do. agree because it does. It it's hard to analyze and yeah. figure out what is actually the truth and. We can talk about this more in a second, but the director, Mary, 90-year-old Mary, she came out and she's like, I guess, a little frustrated with how people received this movie in terms mm-hmm. of their interpretation of it. And I was like, well, you kind of did it to yourself. Well, like, and that's the thing is like, if you're going to do a film like this, which it's so funny that this this is your note because literally that was my next note. Really? Um, okay, good. And it's so different than a film like mother or the lighthouse where the entire film is an analogy or a metaphor. 
this isn't that film. No. So don't make it so vague that we don't know what happened. Yeah, like, exactly. Give us some context clues to figure it out at, or to try to figure it out. Like we don't, there is no way we can figure it out unless the director or the writer are like, this is yeah, exactly what happened. I completely agree. And you can leave certain things up for interpretation because that will spark, you know, debate and that's fun. But like, don't leave the entire film up for interpretation. Yeah. I, I also put, I literally said the same thing. I said, I wish there was just a little more resolution to understand a few more plot points behind what really happened and why Bateman believes the way he does. Yeah. So I understand that the film is from his perspective, but I'd like to see if the film would be better had we known exactly what really happened while he was in his fantasy. And it's, to me, it's like we just watched an entire film, but none of it was actually real or we don't know. Mm-hmm. But because we didn't know what really happened, the only thing we did get to truly experience was his mental deterioration. Yes. And maybe that was the main point of the film, you know, but not that he, I don't know. It yes. was just, it's frustrating to me that if that was the main point of the film, like we just watched something that we have no idea. Yes. So, which it may be too early to kind of like talk about that, but what would you say? you think happens like what do you think is real and what do you think is not or do you think all of it was fake so my interpretation was that all of it was fake and that we Mm. truly did not see what really happened and i based that on his conversation with this you know lawyer Mm -hmm. um and that and maybe it wasn't even his lawyer maybe it was just a guy he knows who he thought it was his lawyer you know like where he the two scenes where he goes to Paul Allen's apartment and it's not actually his apartment. Yes. And then the scene where he's talking to this guy and he's like, I did all these things. And he's like, that's impossible because you were, I was just with him. And then the detective even says, you know, you were there, you were in a completely different, you were in Atlanta. Yeah. Whenever you quote unquote, believe you killed Paul Allen. So that's impossible. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that Paul Allen actually did go to London, which is so, so I just was like, all of it was fake. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought. That is exactly how I felt by the end. And you're kind of like, so this guy just made all this up in his head, which can be like, ugh, I hate it. Like, yeah. I, I want, like, I wish some of this was real. And I cheated a little bit because I did go off and like read my own stuff. No, on I'm it. glad you did. And Mary Heron, because she was frustrated that people are saying this, which I think is dumb. You can't get mad at people for saying, like, you and I are saying like usually when several people say the same thing, yeah, like, uh, you're not the one. I think you missed the mark a little bit because yeah. everybody could watch this movie. And if they don't do their research, like if they just don't care enough to go Google around, they're going to walk away thinking, oh, it was all in his head. Yeah. She, I guess, made comments about how like, no, it is all real. It all happened apparently. But her excuse for that was the people like the guys, they always mistake each other for other people. And that's mentioned earlier on in the film. You see like Paul Allen's character confuses Patrick Bateman with somebody else. Yes. So there's that, they never know who is who, but it's really this narrative on like how selfish people are. And like, they're all out for themselves because like, even like him coming back to Paul Allen's apartment where it was what you called the horror house, he shows up and it's completely clean and they're like selling it. And there's like open house. Yeah. They are saying apparently that was because the people selling the house are just selfish and they're trying to just make it like they're just going to get rid of the bodies and clean it up and like sell it off to whoever's willing to buy it. And I was like, I know it's satirical and it's like, but it does feel like a little bit of a stretch. 
to that's say a huge like stretch. Everybody's just and same with like because one of my nitpicks, as much as I love that chase scene through the apartment, the girl runs out screaming, and then he chases after. He's butt naked with a chainsaw. Yeah, and nobody hears it or comes out to check on like what's going on and again it's that same notion of nobody cares enough she's banging on so many doors yeah. and nobody comes out but i guess the, the people who love the film including people who are on the set say that was just part of this whole mission to just show like how selfish people are so i was like that's i get what you're saying that's me. just not how i saw it when i watched the film but who i'm knows? sorry but it's if that was your as the, that makes me not like it more actually <laughs> for it to hear that yeah mary said that it's it's really interesting because i don't know i like there's cer- certain scenes like the cop car blowing up with the pistol mm-hmm. you're like okay i don't think that happens. yeah if that was supposed to happen then that's completely or unrealistic the atm saying feed me the cat obviously that's not real he's the lulu <laughs> but when you get into the in- like intricacies of these other scenes and you kind of break down the movie and the fact that all of it was supposed to be real, you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it because I don't know. And I know it's, again, I keep saying satirical, but I do think there's a line to walk there. Yeah. And it just feels a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. But I don't know. To me, it's a better film if it didn't happen than it, it would be if it did all happen. I just wish that we knew what really did happen. Yeah. And yeah, and that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Come on. Okay. Be better. Be better, guys. Make better films. <laughs> no, this is a good film. Uh, <laughs> you guys, it's now great. number 100. Yeah. No. No. I, yeah. There's still so many great parts of this movie. That's just one thing. That's why I couldn't really say that the ending is one of my favorite scenes because it does leave me a little frustrated. Yeah. With how they took it. Totally. Is there anything that doesn't make any sense? The ending. A few things, <laughs> no, other than kidding. the ending, yeah. Uh, a few things. At his apartment, Gene asks Patrick if he's seeing anyone. Mm. Doesn't really make sense that his secretary wouldn't know that. Yeah, that's true. Um, next one. I could see it being up for interpretation, but mm-hmm. why did Bateman all of a sudden start seeing the truth at the end? Oh, I know. Um, and this is based on the idea that it was all fake, not the idea that it was all real. Right. But was, I mean, like, was it because he thought, like, he thought he'd just murdered 20 people and that broke him out of his psychotic breakdown or like right. him going to Alan's apartment and finding out it wasn't actually his apartment? And then why did Harry call him Davis, but his close friends called him Bateman? I was like, are his friends and Evelyn fake too? Like, right. I was like, yeah, oh, man, like, but I mean, that, I guess that does play more into what, um, you know, Mary is saying about yeah. they can't even get each other's names right. But I was like, maybe his psyche just deteriorated exponentially. Right. And that's why his calendar progression, whenever Gene yeah. is going through it, it's just like, it's like events, events, events. And then all of a sudden, like slowly just, just this grotesque imagery. Yes. Yeah. So much to interpret. I know. There's so much. <laughs> that's what's annoying is like, I, know. I can't critique it's hard a to lack critique. of interpretation. They make it hard to critique for sure. Well, now we know how to get people riled up. Yeah. Whenever we're making films. Do you have anything on what, what didn't make sense? No, I already talked about mine. 
kind of big one. It was just, I was yeah. thinking when that girl ran out screaming and then I was like, come on, somebody would have. And the chainsaw lands in her back. Somehow. Oh, I, that part for me, because you want her to get away. And you're like, okay, she's done her part. She's she's worked hard. She kicked him in the face. She's, she's running so hard. And then he just drops a train. Train. A train. He drops a head. whole train, dude. He drops a chainsaw. That was real. <laughs> he drops a chainsaw several stories, and it just perfectly hits her. I was like, come on. It like, looked, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of my big thing. Casting. I think... There are other actors who could have played the part in a really fun way, but not as perfectly as Bale. No. And you already brought up DiCaprio. He would have been close next, but not yeah. the same. I even thought a young Brad Pitt maybe would have been close next yeah. too. I think honestly, which may be a hot take, I think Brad Pitt may be a little more than Leo yeah. in this scenario. Just because he gives off, like he's more intimidating than Leo yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, totally. Leo's like the pretty boy. Brad Pitt's kind of like, you know, Fight Club, like I'm... Um, yeah. Badass. So. Yeah. I will say older Leo. I mean, he plays in Django. Oh, that's true. He plays that evil that character. Is true. But it's a completely different type yeah, of evil. Yeah, for sure. Least favorite part of the film. Hmm. This goes actually hand in hand with my hot takes. Okay. Hit us with it. But this is probably going to be a big... <laughs> you wind up and throw that fireball. Yeah. Um, I said the sex scenes. Hmm. I, and again, I have a lot more to dissect with my hot takes. Yeah. Just uncomfortable <laughs> and unnecessary. Yeah. Unnecessarily graphic. Yes. Uh, which, which it is crazy that like a woman, but not to say you can't have sex scenes in your movies, but for it to be that intense and like yeah. grotesque, I was very surprised by that. Cause even as a guy, I was like, oh, this is hard to watch. I know. Yeah, so I yeah I I have a lot more to dissect or unpack with that. Yeah, I said for me, which this may also be a hot take because it's, <laughs> it's such a huge part of the movie. But if we're going with Mary's thoughts on this film, mm. and I'm hoping honestly that we walk away and maybe Google more and find out she didn't actually say that because I <laughs> I don't love this thought that it was all real. I agree. I think we're better than her. We're smart. We, yeah, we, <laughs> we figured out what it surely means. Um, but if we go off of what she said, or what we think she said at least, the lawyer who Bateman confessed everything to at the very end, not buying it, and just thinking it's like a joke, I was like, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I didn't love it because I know the mission of the film is to demonstrate just how selfish everybody is. Yeah. But this felt like a reach which again sucks because it's such a huge part of the film, but like that phone call and also props to Christian Bale because his acting when he makes that call yeah, and he like confesses everything. It felt very real. So real, so convincing. And you're like, oh my gosh, like cats out of the bag. He just confessed everything he's done. Like everybody he killed, every way he did it. And the guy thinks it's a joke. And then he he sees that guy at like this restaurant the next day. Yeah. And the guy's just like, oh my gosh, that was a hilarious voicemail. And you're like, if anyone... Yeah. Especially somebody close to me. Yeah. Leaves me a voicemail like that. Well, I'm calling the cops. On he's that. also specifically addressing people who have gone missing recently. Yes. So he's like, yeah, that guy who went missing, I killed him. Like, I'm the one who did this, blah, blah, blah. I would be so suspicious. I'd be like, okay, you are going to jail immediately. Yeah. And this guy was just like, haha, that was so funny. Which again, maybe plays into the whole, like, everyone's too stupid and selfish. But I just... I didn't love it in this this scene in particular, but 
I just like to think it makes it easier for me if I just think it it didn't happen. None of it's real. Yeah. But I don't know. I agree. Whatever. Oh man. Yeah. Title of the film and movie poster. I mm. think the title is perfect. Okay. So Which, I've always had an issue with it. Really? Only reason. Because even when I saw like before I ever saw this movie, and this is probably just me getting mad at myself for not being able to like distinguish the two. <laughs> I always thought it was like a remake or a continuation or something of like a of Psycho, of Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock. Hmm. And so anyways, I was always like, I feel like Psycho is already such an iconic title. American Psycho just feels like they just put, you know, another word in there. I and I was that. like, oh, I'm confused now. But I do think it's good. Yeah, that's true. I think it's more if you take being an idiot. If you take Psycho out of the picture, say that movie didn't exist. Yeah. Which would be so sad for the world. Yeah. Tragic. That that's why I think the film title is perfect. Yeah. Just because it, it makes so much sense. Like, I mean, it's it's truly about the Amer- American yes. idealistic dream. For sure. Um, obviously in an evil way. And Which, it's Oh, you go ahead. I was gonna say it's it's vague enough for you to think he's psycho because he kills people mm-hmm. but actually it's literally psychological oh, like he's literally yeah. psycho in his head <laughs> like, yeah that's it's like true. mentally um, like borderline he is multiple personality an american psycho disorder. yeah disorder okay hear me out <laughs> this may be stupid and or a hot take and i know it's already been used <laughs> when i was watching this movie i would have loved the title the Wolf of Wall Street for this film. Because <laughs> I just think that w- like it also tackles greed and corruption. Okay. But I think that would have been such a fun horror title. Yeah. Because he's on Wall Street. He's a predator like a wolf. An American werewolf in Wall Street. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh the sequel. <laughs> I just thought that'd be kind of fun. But I agree. I think, I, hey, that's a great idea. That's anyways, a great idea. anyways. Movie you- poster could have been cooler. Mm-hmm. But it does make a lot of sense. Like yeah. the the suit and tie showcasing American capitalism, the yeah. knife reflecting himself showcasing his sort of split personality disorder almost. You Gosh, know, like, you're good. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Man. That's why. Wow. From the sheep to the knives. That's Woo! what I'm here for. I do love the butcher knife. Um, I think it's very kind of like that hallway chase scene. It's yeah. very like vintage horror, it feels like, with the giant butcher knife. But yeah, um, I agree. I think there's another route you could take, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it. I think it works for the film. Yeah, I agree. Do we agree with the IMDb rating? I say no. So Christian Bale's performance, and for the narrative yes. surrounding capitalism and greed, I think that's great. Those are like the strengths for me. Yes. I don't know if that's enough to get it to seven point six. No. Especially, I know we keep going back to it, hearing that the film, like some of it did actually happen and it wasn't all in his head. Yes. If I, know, I didn't know about that, I would have said, that's eh, pretty close to 7.6. Yeah, I sound so stupid for being so caught up on this, but I just feel like it would have been better if it was all in his head. Yeah. You know, I agree. it still would have been polarizing. People still would have been pissed. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I'd I say there's a chance it could be high sixes but yeah like 6.8 6.9 i i think you know you get into the sevens like i don't know i mean it's in our 40s so like i feel like it's hard for us to say if yeah. film is in the sevens if it's in our 40s. yeah that's true i think first number that comes to my head i would say 7.1 
again, purely for Christian Bale. And I love the adapted screenplay from the novel. I mm-hmm. think, again, that narrative, I think it has some great strengths. There's just, again, what we've already said, something keeping it from being a good film to just a really great film. So I don't think 7.6 is super on yeah. the nose, but. Hot takes hallway. We're here. Favorite Shmoke. reviews, one in 10 stars, where we pick. We go through all of the reviews. All, not all of them. There's a We're lot. We're going to read every review. Every single review. This, is gonna, <laughs> this podcast is 18 days long. <laughs> we pick our favorites. Some are funny. Some are more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, I actually found two 10 stars. One that was funny. One that was really more serious. And I didn't know which one to say. I might just say both of them. If go that's for okay it. with you. Do it. The, the title says, He is literally me. <laughs> And the review says, he is literally me, especially when he quote-unquote kills Paul Allen. The end. What? Yeah. What? You also want to kill Paul Allen? <laughs> I don't know what this is. Okay. He's literally me. Somebody He's needs to call the police me. on that person if somebody's okay. literally yeah, that person. Um, we need to find their IP address yes. and uh, get somebody on there. Unacceptable. All right. My real one. 10 star. A great visual and psychological achievement. Christian Bale delivers a knockout performance. I have never read the book, but after watching American Psycho, I intend to. It's a scathing, rare film that probes our imagination and beliefs while experimenting with true psychological terror. It often makes startling switches between scenes of dark comedy and sequences that portray unsettling graphic images. Director Mary Heron says in the film's press notes that she wanted all but one of the violent sequences to be disturbing. The best description of the film's main character, Patrick Bateman, comes from Christopher Lehman hooped of the new york times patrick bateman lives in a morally flat world in which clothes have more value than skin objects are worth more than bones and the human soul is something to be sought with knives and hatchets and drills wow that's well put i think that is very well like that review yeah so that's really in depth and has a lot more even but for sure oh really there's even more than that yes wow what a great review yeah um, mine is not quite as in depth, but I do think it's interesting because they obviously it's a ten star, so they're really building. They their love case this film for how everyone just misunderstands it. Yes, so it's called "Not Everyone Will Understand What This Movie Is Trying to Say." Hmm. The author of the novel and the director of the film both say that it wasn't in his head. All of the yuppies dress the same, act the same, have the same job position, and have the same haircuts, which is why everyone always confused Patrick with someone else. Additionally, the satire was to show that everyone at the time was extremely narcissistic and superficial. The landlord of the apartment cleaned up all of the bodies and gore that Bateman left behind in order to protect the property value. The point is that Bateman is an actual psychopath who lives in a society that somehow is even more crazy than he is. So I guess that's the Mm. point a lot of... I've read similar reviews. So that's backing up Mary's original. Yeah, so people... Again, we mentioned that cult following. It looks to me, at least from just looking around online, a large majority of that audience, they all say that. They all say, like, this is a very intentional film and you just don't get it if you don't agree. And I'm like, man, there's a lot more to unpack than I even thought. Yeah. There's <laughs> that, a so... whole lot to go through. Man, we could probably talk about this for a long time. For sure. Oh, man. So we'll uh, save you guys from yeah. boredom. But we'll go into our one-star reviews. One star. My title, New York Yuppie is bored by his Wall Street life and turns into a perverted serial killer. 
Are the events true, or is he only imagining his deeds, drugged by too many videos? Review. This movie is sick, pointless, and utterly boring. Its quote-unquote message, if any, is as shallow as the life it pretended it pretends to criticize. No significant plot, substandard actors. Director, go back to film school and watch Stanley Kubrick, who knows how to depict senseless violence. Dang. That is a critique. They came for her, man. <laughs> they did. I mean, I do love some Kubrick, but yeah, it's a little harsh. I know. Um, mine is titled, This Doesn't Even Deserve One Star. This is the worst pile of garbage masked as a movie I've ever seen. It's garbage. Not only is the storyline moronic, the violence depicted towards women is filthy. The screenplay, the writer, and the director all should be flogged for putting out garbage like this. You know, just pause. I think they think it's garbage. I think that That's they only the didn't third time really they- like it. Use that word. <laughs> um, continuing. Pigswill is the Pigswill. translation for garbage. <laughs> Plus the horrific depiction of the main character played by worthless actor Christian Bale. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's a hot take. Is deplorable. <laughs> Literally stomping a homeless man and his dog to death. Who wrote that garbage? Wow, fourth time using the word garbage. Yeah. This movie should be dropped in a bottomless pit for the garbage it is. Who? Garbage. Garbage, 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 garbage. Lots of garbage. A lot of garbage. Garbage. Um, do well, we have any hot takes about the film? Oh. Do I? Do you? I appreciate this film a lot. And obviously it has amazing scenes and Bale crushed it. Yep. However, subjectively, even if there isn't any positive resolution, that I personally, this is a personal preference. Okay. Prefer to watch movies where I'm rooting for at least one character. Oh, that's a great point. You root for absolutely no one in the film other than maybe the one scene where you hope he doesn't kill Gene. Yep. Whenever you don't root for people, the stakes are lowered and that makes it much less scary. So like, yeah, like true horror at its core is supposed to scare you or at least make you uncomfortable or, you know, and that's why they say the best films are the ones that evoke a ton of emotion, whether it's you're sad or you're inspired or you're scared. Um, The best horror films just, you know, objectively scare you the most. Yeah. and. This film wasn't scary to me literally at all. Yeah. I didn't find it scary one bit. I get, and I get that it's a satire, but I don't know. I have to agree with some of the reviews about wishing it was more scary slasher than satirical gore because I go back to Cabin in the Woods and I'm like, that was obviously satirical. There were elements of like true horror that I like really appreciated. So makes it it intense. And yes. But there was nothing about this that I was like, I'm not rooting. I'm I'm literally not rooting for anyone. I think. That's a good point too, because you know you know his character so well. Yeah, and so you know him like that's the thing with like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger. Like you don't know a ton about them. They're mm-hmm. just like this creepy guy who shows up every once in a while to kill people. This one, you know his brain, you know how he thinks, and we're yeah not really rooting for anybody. So you just watch him mindlessly kill. But yes, which so that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. So you've seen season, the most recent season of you. Yes. Yeah. To me, and this is probably a really hot take, Mm. that is a potentially, I don't know. I'm literally just thinking about this right now. Yeah. Potentially better conceptual structure or structure to the execution of the concept. Yeah. Than this film because you're rooting for Joe. Yeah. 
because he's this great guy right? and bad things are happening and he's trying to figure out why. And then you find out he is the bad thing that's happening. Yes, for so sure. So then you're like, oh my gosh, it was him the whole time. Yeah. And this is flipped where you're like, it's him the whole time. But then you're like, wait, oh, it wasn't actually him because it didn't happen. Yeah. Quote unquote. Maybe. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Who knows? Who knows? So that's, it's, you know, yeah, it's just, it's hard. That's a great point because I felt the same way. Like it's not the scariest film. It's probably going to be one of the least scary films on our list, but I can't like pinpoint why it's not. And that's a great like way to kind of analyze. Stakes are so huge. And that's Um, a great point. And sorry for everyone. I just ruined you. I (laughs) just realized, oh shoot. Damn it, I had one episode. Um, If you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So mine's not as fun, but I do truly think, I think Christian Bale should at least receive a nomination for that film Mm. because I think that's for me, one of my favorite performances from him. Yeah. Just because he plays it so well. And now knowing he was 25. Yeah. But there are a lot of reviews saying this is his most critically appraised. Oh, uh, is it really? Yeah. Critically praised performance which is crazy because he's got some heaters of a movie i know of a movie of movies <laughs> i said appraised so <laughs> <laughs> we're going downhill murders from here. and executions <laughs> mergers and acquisitions <laughs> yeah uh what would be a worse name for the title of this film well actually i have one more hot take sorry i'm so sorry it's okay no i'll just leave <laughs> let me turn my mic off once <laughs> so this was the one i was talking about with the sex stuff okay movies and tv in my opinion this is probably a hot take to people that are like, what is he talking about? Okay. Movies and TV shouldn't make you feel like you're watching porn. <laughs> I just think using sex solely for the appeal for any movie isn't good writing. Yeah. And there are ways, so many ways to allude to it without showing the audience and making them feel gross. Yes. Or disturbed. And like whether or not, you know, you might have opinions about pornography, um, I weigh on the side of anti-pornography. Yeah. And there are so many Yes. There's so many things going into that. I just think that that should stay out of TV and film. So I just thought it brought down the quality of the film because it was too focused on and highlighted. Yeah. And the homeless man and dog scene showed me more about his evil psycho nature than any of his girl situations. Yeah, for sure. And then the fact that Heron had to dial it back so the film wasn't NC-17 kind of makes me lose even more respect for her as a director. Yeah. So you don't need you just don't need that much sex in a film, especially no. if it's just a piece of the film and not the main focal point. Yes. Uh, and it just feels like a cop out to be able to showcase wildly sexual scenes that don't actually add anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll get off my soapbox, but <laughs> no, I think that's a great point um, because it really doesn't serve as much of a purpose as you would like it to. Yes. It's just and there. here's the thing. And again, I. The reason I dissect that so hard or I'm so critical about that is because I, I just love films that are super intentional with everything that they do. Yeah. And, you know, Marin disagrees with me on this because uh, she did not like Midsommar. Ah. But the sexual scene in Midsommar is another thing that, like, that was intentionally yes. put in there because it's a part of the ritual. Yeah. That is supposed to take, like, so that to me, and they didn't even, like, show yeah. too it, much either. It then became, like, the best part of the movie. <laughs> my favorite scene. <laughs> it's the most rewatchable scene. It's, it's the most so rewatchable. Uh, but anyway, yeah. sorry. That's just how I feel about that. For sure. Um, so. The only redeemable part of that scene the first time with the, the two girls is I love him talking about Phil Collins. But that's more <laughs> just a peak of like. Yes. That's he, before they even started. Yeah, anything. before they start doing all the weird stuff. But he like 
turns on the CD and he's talking about the career of Phil Collins, but he's also directing them to do like stuff as he's trying to just talk to them about music. Yeah. So I don't know. It, I thought that was kind of an interesting balance, but I I completely agree. I definitely think it was just for appeal. Yeah. So worst name for the film? Yeah. What you got? Big cards, big <laughs> booties, and big dreams. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the big three. <laughs> the big three of the American dream. Um, I said Batman versus Joker. <laughs> because you have Christian Bale, who played Batman. Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Joker. the Joker, man. Great little parallel there. If only Reese Witherspoon was I've been th- Catwoman. <laughs> I even threw in. Actually, it was Batman versus Joker, the Axe of Arkham. Mm. So, That's I should have really gone with that, but it's all right. Batman, Bateman begins. Bateman begins. <laughs> Bed, um, Bath, and Bateman. Man, there's so yeah. many. That's okay, I'm sorry. Have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? I find myself agreeing more with the lower reviews, I think, yeah. than the higher reviews. But I also agree with the main point in the higher reviews that a lot of people didn't really understand the goal of the film, yeah. which is a common theme for satire, satirical horror totally. films in general, like, which you was the whole take them polarization of Cabin in the Woods. Because if you take them seriously, you're going to hate them. I know. So that I think this film definitely fits into that category. Yeah. The big one I saw, there was a whole Reddit thread about this, and it was like, mm. you guys are so wrong. There are a group of people out there who say this is a Christmas movie. Because there's a scene? There is one Christmas party in the entire movie. I hate people. It is not a holiday Christmas movie at all. Die Hard makes more sense to me. Yeah. Sure. Go for it. I know some people. The whole film is set during Christmas time. This scene has nothing that makes you think. They're don't reaching. deserve to celebrate Christmas. They're reaching so hard. <laughs> that is too much so, of a reach. I thought that was a very hot take because I'm, I'm all about my Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no bueno. Is this, if this film were released today, what would the reaction be? I think people would hate it. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, I do think Bale would have been praised. Yes. To the and potentially the nominated, yes, for this performance because people already love him, they know him, yeah, they'd be like, Wow, this is like his best performance, yeah. But I do think it would have been maybe even more polarizing, yeah. I also said, If the goal of the character is to be canceled, would that work with Gen Z? I'm not oh. sure because obviously a lot of these characters would be canceled yes. pretty quickly, but then you also have movies like Django. Yeah, that's where you're true. like, that's obviously getting canceled, but that's folk. I don't know. It's such a different focus, too. Yeah, I would say so. So I don't know. I don't know. It would definitely be a trickier film to release in yes. 2023. Hottest of all hot takes. Hmm. I read a review. I saw a review. The title said "Best Serial Killer Movie of All Time." <laughs> yeah, no. Go home. Go home. The mom. There's no way. To- to good night, mom. <laughs> good night, mommy. I know. Completely disagree. I could name, well, and we will. Serial we killer. We will name better yeah. serial killer movies. I was going to say, this is number 46. <laughs> Which I, I've noticed a trend with these movies. People who love the film that we're reviewing will say crazy things like that. Like, I remember, was it Orphan, where they were like, Alfred Hitchcock would be proud to make yes. this film. Like, just don't go there. Don't These don't people do are that. wild. Um, For me, it's just, I, I'm... I'm biased, but the Christmas movie take, I think, is ridiculous. <laughs> That's a really crazy But take. you say that one, that one's definitely 
that's a contender for sure. That's I don't a know, cont- Christmas movie is up there. That's a chicken tender. It's up there with the Krispies. <laughs> I've ne- I never talk like. Why does this. that sound like an award? Are you going to the Krispies tonight? Yeah, I won a crispy last year. I won a <laughs> oh really? He was nominated Does for three really, crispies. Those are really hard to get these days. All right, we're starting it. All right, chill factor. Ooh. I loved. This is probably a hot take. I loved the morning routine and inner dialogue scene because it just yes. immediately sets the tone for like this guy's freaking yeah. nuts. That's one of the best scenes I think in the movie. It's very effective. But it is an honorable mentions, the killing spree finale, just the psychotic mm-hmm. of that. But in the sense of it being fake. Not yes. if it's real, it's one of the worst scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even joking. Honestly, I agree. And then <sighs> I another honorable forever. mention, the horror house realization, her yes. escaping and running into all the bodies. Yeah. That's a great scene. It's right, definitely sorry. the most, I would say, like intense scene if yeah. you get there. But um for me, I'd said Christian Bale's performance. Yeah. There's one scene I wanted to ask you if you noticed it because it's my favorite part of the entire film. Okay. I already mentioned this earlier. The laundromat. Yeah. But this part happens and I thought to myself like that's my chill factor for this film. Mm. And it's when he's yelling at the elderly woman and that girl Victoria walks in and she's trying to get him to like go on a date with her soon and he just kind of ends it abruptly saying like listen I've really got to go I'll call you. And it's like a blink and you'll miss it moment. And the only reason I was like looking out for it is because I've seen it on Twitter before. But as he's walking away, his demeanor shifts from like this cheery, rushed businessman to like a complete killer. His mm. eyes just like and his expression, they're so creepy. Like, yeah. And it happens so fast, but it's such a great little detail. He just drops his face. And I love that hidden detail because it's so yeah. fun if you can like catch it. And I was like, that's my chill factor. Christian Bale's amazing in this movie. I, I actually, yeah, I take all my stuff back because I agree with you. His performance is the chill factor the whole film. Yeah. Um, 25. Screw me, dude. Oh, my God. I don't even, I'm not even going to think about it anymore. I'm just going to go sad. Final thoughts. Do we recommend this film to everyone or only a select audience or maybe nobody at all? Definitely not everyone. Yeah. Unless you understand the primary goal and are okay with graphic sexual content and gore. Yes. Not necessarily okay with, but like you can be, you know, yeah, watch if you're if you enjoy (laughs) enjoy just terrible. We'll never be in the same room, but Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say I would I would recommend it for people too who enjoy doing their homework after a film. And I know, yes, you and I are kind of like that. We both like to, you know, dive into films afterwards if they're, you know, gonna leave off on a certain note. Mm -hmm. And like, I have a friend, Cooper. You're also friends with him. He's not just my friend. I am also. We are both friends with Cooper. <laughs> Cooper. Um, people like that, I would say, yeah, go for it. Make your own interpretation. You can dissect films. Yeah, dissect it. But if you're not into that stuff, like most people in my life, don't. It's not for you. Yeah. Because you're just going to be like, ah, that was, that was cheap. Yeah. But, totally agree. Well, folks, that is it for Chamber of Chills, episode 46, American Psycho. Woohoo! A huge thank you to all of you beautiful people who tuned into this episode. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Make sure to hit us with that follow on TikTok and Instagram at The Chamber of Chills. And please DM us, comment on our posts, or shoot us a little email. That's at uh, podcast at thechamberofchills.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, or hot takes, we'd love to read them and uh, might even have them in a little episode or two, you know? Actually, we wouldn't feature them in two because that would be redundant. (laughs) 
Uh, but <laughs> give you guys a little shout out, you know. We'd love to hear it. Um, we're yes. all about growing this community with you guys. I know we emphasized that in our last episode, but it's true. Um, it's so true, and we can't wait to get to know you guys over the years. Um, that said, we also welcome you guys to send us your videos of your own hot takes hallways. Please. Or if you just want to tell us how much you agree or disagree with us. But uh, We love good pushback in our amazing <laughs> opinions. Exactly. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, we got to return some videotapes. <laughs> Peace. Bye. some videotapes.